right, I want you to look tonight, Psalm 46, and I'll do a little bit of review for our visitors. And uh, the Lord has really put this on me, and I hope that you that have been with us are getting a blessing out of it. Just a simple Bible truth that I hope God will use to encourage us all. Brother, we're in need of encouragement like never before. Psalm 46, and I'll only read verse number 1, and then we're going to read in a little bit the entire chapter, Genesis 39. The Bible says in Psalm 46 and verse number 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Notice the last statement. A very present help in trouble. Now look in in the book of Genesis chapter 39 and there's 23 verses and it won't take me but a couple of minutes to read those verses. If you'll follow along with me at least you can say you got your chapter in today. Verse number 1, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and made him overseer over his house. And all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from, that, from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not all he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things, notice, that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she called him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. 
And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Verse 23, The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Let us pray. Father, we're thankful tonight for the great congregation singing we've enjoyed. We're thankful for the great testimonies and the great special songs we've heard tonight. Lord, as Pastor already said, we could go home now and say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. But Father, it's preaching time again. And I sure do need some help. Lord, I know tonight without you I can do nothing. Lord, I know this is a heavy chapter and a heavy truth. And I pray, Lord, you'll make it real to us. Lord, let it come to life to us. And let us get something out of it to take home. And Father, to live our lives for you. Lord, all that's accomplished in this service tonight, we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor and glory. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. Back in Psalm 46, for you that are visiting, it is one of the 11 Psalms that is dedicated to the sons of Korah. Young men who made a tough choice in going with God against their parents. Going with God against family. Now friends, can I emphasize again tonight... Doing the right thing is not always the easy thing. I'm looking at some here tonight. You've had to take a stand through the years and go against family. Not that you hate them, but you got to do what's right. And friend, doing right will always be right. Well, these boys watched their parents and all that appertained to them. The Bible said in number 16 that the earth opened her mouth 
and swallowed Korah, their parents, their mother, all that appertained unto them, they went to hell alive. Well, friends, that left these boys heavy-hearted. Doing right is not always the easy thing. They heard their parents scream as they descended into hell. Well, I'm glad God didn't forsake these boys. You go with God. You put God first. God's not going to forsake you. Others may leave you. Others may mock you. But God will never leave you. Well, I don't have time to preach all that. But the last part of verse number 1 of chapter 46, we've been looking at a little statement, Brother Sean, where it says that God is our refuge and strength. The last statement, a very present help in trouble. For these sons of Korah, God was a very present help in their time of trouble. I study words and phrases all the time, and I found that that little phrase means this, He will meet you there. I'm so glad to tell you tonight that when you feel heartbroken, and you feel forsaken, and you feel like you're all alone, I'm glad to tell you that He will meet you there. He is a very present help. He's helped this old boy in the past. i got confidence He's going to help me in my future. But guess what? He's a helping me right now. He is a very present help in trouble. If you were here Sunday morning, we found that He will meet you there when it comes to the matter of pardon. I love that song, The Ground is Level. You see, we looked at a man Sunday morning that had nearly 7,000 demons in him. And this man was cutting himself with stones. This man was a wreck and a mess. But I'm glad he found the ground was level. And Jesus compassed sea and land to reach that one poor soul. Got right back on the ship and went right back home. The value of a soul. If you're lost tonight, young or old, rich or poor... I don't care educated or not what race, creed, or color you are. I'm here to tell you if you'll come to Christ for pardon, He will meet you there. Thank God He'll forgive you of all your sins. Well, last night we moved on a special message for the church. Last night, He will meet you there in this matter of propagation. Jesus said as long as we are about the business of reaching souls, of getting the gospel to lost souls. You know what Jesus promised us? Lo, I'm with you all way, even unto the end of the world. If you'll reach souls, if you'll try to get the gospel around this planet, starting in your neighborhood, He said, I'll meet you there. Now tonight, we've got to move on. Y'all ready for part three? The Lord gave me this just for this church. I've never preached this before this way. So this is all fresh. And God sent just for Reedsville, Free Will Baptist Church, and others that may be listening and others visiting tonight. Well, in Genesis 39, we'll spend the rest of our time here tonight. He'll not only meet you there in the place of pardon, 
He'll not only meet you there in the place of propagation, getting out the gospel, but in Genesis 39, we find that God will meet you there in the place of provocation. You see, this is a great chapter in the Bible that describes the tough temptation that Joseph went through when he got to the land of Egypt. Joseph is one of my all-time favorite Bible characters. And because in the Old Testament there's not another character that is more a type of Christ than was the young man Joseph. If you know the story of Joseph, his father loved him. He loved him so much that he made him a coat of many colors. Joseph was a special young man. He was the son of Jacob's wife, Rachel. And Joseph, the Bible said, enjoyed that coat of many colors. But he had a bunch of half-brothers that got jealous of his coat. Well, if you know the story, they took from him his coat. They threw Joseph in a pit. They were going to kill him, but Reuben talked them out of killing him. So rather than kill him, they sold him to Ishmaelite merchantmen that were going to Egypt. They took that beautiful coat of many colors. They ripped it up, covered it in animal's blood, carried it back to their daddy and said, Hey, we found this coat. We don't know what happened to Joseph. Looks like an evil beast must have devoured him. Well, Joseph's daddy wept and mourned many, many days because he thought his boy was dead. There Joseph goes on a caravan. He has purchased property of the Ishmaelite merchantman. When he got to Egypt, Potiphar, according to chapter 39, captain of the guard in the land of Egypt. He was the chief executioner of the land of Egypt. That's who purchased Joseph. Joseph's been sold twice now. And Joseph is a slave inside this Egyptian house. Well, in this story, Joseph just does the right thing and begins to serve the Egyptians. But one day his wicked wife she cast her eyes on this handsome 17-year-old Jewish boy. Can you see him now? Olive skin, jet black hair. God said he was goodly. That means he was handsome. He was a fine young man. And this wicked woman cast her eyes upon Joseph and she tried her best to seduce Joseph but I'm glad that when this old wicked Jezebel heifer woman cast her, if I could think of some more adjectives, I'll say some more. I'm telling you, this woman was so wicked. When she blinked her eyes, it sounded like an old Kodak camera going off. Say amen. I'm telling you, she had on more paint than could paint a battleship. She had on enough powder uh, to blow it up. Say amen right there. This eye-batting Jezebel heifer woman cast her eyes on this fine young man. But you know something? Joseph refused the temptation. Joseph refused the provocation. And I want to try to show you some stuff tonight. 
here in chapter 39. I want you to look with me back in verse number 2. See if you see our theme popping out. Look in chapter 39 and verse number 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. Look in verse 3. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Look in verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. Look in verse 23, about halfway down. The Lord was with him. Now folks, I'm going to tell you something. That's encouraging to know that when we are tempted and the temptation is real and the temptation is powerful and the temptation is greater than we are, isn't it good to know that in that time of provocation, He will meet you there. Four times God said, I'm with you boy. Aren't you glad God's been with you? If you're here tonight, with an unscathed testimony. If you're here tonight with an unscarred life of time since you've been saved, it's not because you're a great person. It's not because of your family tree. It's not because of your pastor or the church you're a member of. It's because the Lord has met you there. Everybody's tempted. And can I say tonight, it's not a sin. It's, there's a lot of folks messed up right here, nubs. It's not a sin to be tempted. See how quiet it got. If it was a sin to be tempted, that makes Jesus a sinner. Come on now. Hebrews 4.14, seeing then that we have a great high priest which is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet there's a difference. Yet there's a difference. I said there's a difference. Yet he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. It's not a sin to be tempted. Billy Graham used to say this, you can't help if a bird flies over your head, but you can help it if you let it build a nest in your hair. Say amen right there. Well, Joseph was tempted, but the Lord was with him. 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 You know why you're sitting on a pew tonight and you've got through the temptations of this world and you've not succumbed to the temptations of this world and you've not been wiped out by the temptations of this world. Hey, hey, it's because he met you there. Aren't you glad he was there? And thank God brought you some great deliverance. I love Hebrews 2.18. The Bible said, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted. There it is again. Jesus suffered being tempted. He is able to succour. S-U-C-C-O-U-R. That word succour, are you ready for it? To run to one's aid. To run when called for. He was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. For in that he himself 
has suffered being tempted, he's able to secure. That's to run when called for to them that are tempted. What does that mean? It means he'll meet you there. I said, thank God he'll meet you there. Amen, amen. Satan would like nothing more than to wipe out the people of God. Put some temptation in our path. One person's temptation may not be another's. But God knows and the devil knows. And I'm glad God is greater than the devil. And whatever your temptation is, if you'll cry out to God, He will meet you there. Woo! (laughs) Are y'all having a good time at church tonight? My family tree is not why I'm in this pulpit. Being a good feller is not why I'm in this pulpit. I'm in this pulpit having been faithful to my wife for 42 years, having been faithful in the things of God. Now, I'm not bragging on me. I'm going to tell you why that's happened that way. It's because He met me there. And He's been my strength. He's been my refuge. He's the dearest friend that I've ever had. Some of you are thinking about temptations of your past and you made it. You made it. Thank God you made it through. There might be some, and I believe there is, right here tonight, you're being tempted these days. But hey, you just hang in there for God. Watch, He'll show up. If you'll take Him showing up, He'll meet you there. And you can overcome the temptations. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Now there are some people so foolish that they think that they could not fall. They think that they could not succumb to temptation. That's why I'm going to give you this verse. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. That's what the Bible said. Amen. Greater than any of us have fallen. That's why we need to take heed lest we fall. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And then verse 13. I love this verse. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Oh, He'll meet you there, friend. God is faithful. He promised me, read, He will not suffer me to be tempted above that I am able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Well, I tell you, this old gal thought she had her hooks in Joseph. She got all the men out of the house. Joseph was unaware that nobody was in the house but her and him. And buddy, she put that final play, that final charm, that final seduction on old Joseph. But the Bible said he left his garment. She grabbed him by his garment. He came out of that garment. He got him out of there. You know what that's called? It's a way of escape. God made a way of escape for Joseph. And God will make a way of escape for you. Thank God He will meet you there. Man, I love the Word of God, don't y'all? Can I show you three things about Joseph? Don't get nervous, just 30 minutes a point. Hang on. Number one in this chapter, and this almost appears to be a contradiction, 
But there's no contradictions in the Bible. Joseph was prosperous. Did you know? Look, I want to show it. I want you to see it with your own eyes. The Bible said in verse 2, halfway down, he was a prosperous man. Last phrase in verse 3, made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Look in the last part of verse 23, the Lord made it to prosper. You say, preacher, how, how can that be? You just told us Joseph is the property of another man. Joseph is a slave. He, didn't, he don't have two pennies to rub together. But you see, God don't judge a man by how many pennies he's rubbing together. And God don't judge prosperity the way the world judges prosperity. You know, the world would say you're prosperous if you have a good retirement program. The world would say you're prosperous if you're living the American dream and have a home and, and all these things. Now, I'm not against any of that. But that's not how God measures prosperity. God looked at a slave, 17-year-old, olive-skinned, jet-black-haired boy, and God said, that little boy, he's a prosperous man. And you say, preacher, I still don't get how that can be. When I look at the word prosperous, Sean, guess what it means? It means somebody, read, that's always pushing forward. Somebody who's always pushing forward. I'm sad to say this tonight, Brother H.C., but in my ministry and in my life, I've saw a lot of great friends that have fallen. I've saw preachers that have fallen. Preachers' wives. I've saw church members fall. Boy, it just breaks your heart every time you get that fall, that call that tells of a fall of a brother or a sister in Christ. But can I give you some insurance tonight? I'm going to sell you a little insurance policy. If you want to guarantee that you're not going to be a casualty, if you'd like to guarantee that you're not going to be an illustration in somebody's sermon that has fallen by the way, here's how you do it. You just keep pushing forward. I have never yet met one person that fell into sin that was pushing forward. You know what I've noticed about everybody that's fallen into sin that I've ever been acquainted with? Every one of them were drifting backwards. Every one of them were leaning backwards. Find me a Joseph. Put him in a pit. He'll just keep pushing forward. Sell him to Ishmaelites. He'll just keep pushing forward. Let him wind up in the home of the chief executioner of Egypt. And Paul, he'll just keep pushing forward. That's why he didn't fall. That's why the Lord met him there. There's something about fortitude. There's something about tenacity. There's something about people that say by the grace of God, I'm not going backwards. I'm going forward. And God will meet you there. He was a prosperous man. You never fall into sin. If you want to write down a quote, I don't mind you signing my name on it. You'll never find a person falling into sin that's always pushing forward.
Amen. They don't fall. They just keep pushing forward. It's kind of hard to fall backwards when you're pushing forwards. Number two, he was not only a prosperous man, but the Bible said he was a pure man. Joseph was clean. Joseph was virtuous. This 17-year-old boy, this would be unheard of in in the world today, hopefully not in the churches, but a 17-year-old virgin boy. He's never been with a woman. This young man is pure. This young man is clean. In verse number 7, the Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, Lie with me. That was her first approach. But she's not playing around, is she? she? She's bold, isn't she? Reminds me a lot of the women of our day. They're so bold in their seductive traits. The Bible said she just came up to him, that handsome young 17-year-old Jewish boy, and said, hey, lie with me. I'm sure she thought that he would agree and that he would fall into her snare. But I love verse number 8. The Bible said, but he refused. He refused. If you'll go with God, God will give you grace to refuse. I don't know what some of you men are facing. I don't know what some of you women are facing. I don't know what some of you teenagers are facing. But if you'll go with God, when that temptation comes, He'll meet you there. And you'll have grace to refuse. How many of you believe God's got enough grace for you to refuse the temptation? And said unto his master's wife, look what he said to her. Behold, my master, what if not, verse 8, what is with me in the house? And he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. He said, ma'am... The only thing he said I can't have is you. And the reason I can't have you, you belong to him. And you are his wife. I say home run, Joseph. Amen. (laughs) How then? Now look what Joseph said. How then? He's talking to her. How then? You want me to lie with you? You want me to commit fornication with you? You want me to succumb to the temptation? Yes, I'm a long way from home. My daddy thinks I'm dead. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. But I'm going to tell you something, ma'am. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to look how he worded it. I'm not going to do this great wickedness and sin against God. Somebody needs to preach to our teenagers and tell them fornication is great wickedness. It's not just a little wickedness. It's not just kind of wickedness. It's not just a little bit bad. Joseph said it's great wickedness and it's a sin against God. Don't you appreciate this pure young man doing the right thing? He was pure. He was clean. He refused. My, I'm glad to tell you tonight that you can refuse. Temptations in this present hour, I believe are the greatest of all time. But I believe as far and as deep as Satan tries to run the temptation in your life, 
God's grace will be greater than all the temptations of this world. Well, he's not only a prosperous man, don't even have two pennies to rub together, but God said he's prosperous. He's a pure man. He looked at fornication, Jacob, as great sin and wickedness against God. You know why a lot of people give in to temptation? They deceive their mind in thinking nobody, nubs, nobody will ever know. Nobody will ever find out. Well, look at Joseph. Nobody would ever know. His daddy thinks he's dead. His mama's dead. His, his stepbrothers, his half-brothers, hey, they don't love him. They hate him. They done sold him. You see, Joseph could have done this thing, young person. He could have done this thing and nobody ever find out. But he didn't say, this is a great wickedness and sin against my dead mother. He didn't say, this is a great sin and great wickedness against my father who thinks I'm dead. This is not a great wickedness against three stepmothers that hate me. This is not great wickedness with all, against those half-brothers that hate me. This would be great wickedness and sin against God. And that's what kept Joseph on point. Can I give you this last one? Boy, I love this. He was not only prosperous. He was not only pure. But in verse 10, he was preventative. Now friends... We need to learn something. You don't play with sin. You don't play around with fire. Can I, don't turn. Let me read you some verses in Proverbs 6, verse 24. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee, with her eyelids. What about that? I often say a woman will take down a man with her strongest muscle or her weakest muscle. Her strongest muscle being her leg. Why did it get so quiet? Women wanting to show that leg. Amen. And then them little eyelids are blinking. It's like hypnosis. Amen. Solomon, if anybody was an authority on women, it would have been Solomon. What was it? 700 wives, 300 concubines. I may have that backwards, but any way you count it, that's a thousand pairs of pantyhose hanging in the bathroom. Say amen. <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you, friends, Solomon knew something about those eyes. I'm preaching the Bible. Am I okay? Lust not after her beauty, neither in, in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman. By the way, the word whore is not a curse word. It's a Bible word. It speaks of a woman of the night. It speaks of a promiscuous woman like Potiphar's wife. The Bible said, For by the means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress 
will hunt for the precious life. Now here's what I was trying to get to. I thought I'd give you all that extra and not charge you nothing for that. But verse 27, Brother Jimmy, it says, Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? Fellas, men and ladies and teenagers, you better learn some preventative stuff. Don't play with fire. Don't play with opposite sex. This courting, this flirting, how many acts of adultery, how many acts of fornication have come about all because somebody's playing with fire. Sir, you better quit playing with fire down at the job. Ma'am, you better quit playing with fire down at the job. Let me show you how Joseph did it. Y'all want to see his response? Back in Genesis 39, y'all were hoping I'd get back there, get out of that eyelashes and <laughs> mascara and eyelids and all that. Okay, look in verse number 10. And it came to pass, Genesis 39:10. Look at this slowly and carefully. This temptation didn't come once. It didn't come once, and yours may not come once. Don't think because you've overcome it once, it's over. No, no, look. It came to pass... As she spake to Joseph, do you see it? Day by day. I can imagine one day Joseph comes in and she's got on a pair of tight jeans. They're so tight. If she had a quarter in the back pocket, you could tell if it was heads or tails. I mean, that's how tight. Y'all getting awful quiet on me. Well, that didn't work. But she came back day by day. I can see her the next day. She comes in with some bright red leggings on. Say amen. And a halter top. you got to know Hebrew to get all this out of this verse. She came day by day. And then that last day, I see her coming in with a miniskirt on. Woo! She's a showing them thighs. Somebody said, why did you marry a woman four foot ten? I said, if she ever decides to wear a miniskirt, it's still down to the ankle. Say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I'm here to tell you, friends, she came day by day, day by day. Now look at his response. Now I love this, brother. I love this. This is advice for every man, every woman, every teenager. Look what, look what he didn't do with all this seduction. Look what he didn't do in all this seduction. Do you see it in verse number 10 when she spake to Joseph day by day? Number one, that he hearkened not unto her. I call this the three L's of survival. Number one, he didn't listen to her. He didn't listen. That's what it said. He hearkened not. He didn't listen to her seduction. First L, he didn't listen. And look at the next one. He hearkened not unto her to lie by her. Can you hear her now say, Joseph, look, we don't have to do nothing. Just come lay by me. But the second L he wouldn't do, he wouldn't listen to her, and he wouldn't lie down by her. Amen, Joseph. You got my vote. And the Bible says, or 
to be with her. The third L is linger. He didn't listen to her. He didn't lie down by her. And he didn't linger around her. And you better watch who you're lingering around. Joseph knew his flesh was just as real as anybody else's and he cannot hang around this gal. He did not linger with her. Tonight, I want to tell you the ending of a wonderful story. It looks kind of sad. The slave boy. You know, he got accused of something. The worst thing. Paul, the worst thing. I can't think of anything worse for a man to be accused of than attempted rape. He was accused of attempted rape. He wound up in prison. Why didn't the chief executioner put him to death? You know why I believe he didn't put him to death? Because he would have. If somebody tried to rape my wife and I was the chief executioner in the land, hey, ain't no question what's going to happen, buddy. You're headed to the gallows. Why didn't he kill him? I'm going to tell you why I believe he didn't kill him. Because he knew he was married to a Jezebel. And he knew everything she said was a lie. But he had to do something to save face in Egypt. So he put him in prison. Now that's Andersonology. Do what you want to with that. But that's what I believe. But God had to get him in a pit. God had to get him in Potiphar's house. God had to get him in a prison to ultimately get him to Pharaoh's house. Thank God. And if you know the story, Joseph was exalted and became the number two man in the land of Egypt. The moral of this story is this. Stay with God. Keep pushing forward. He'll meet you there. And I promise, I don't care what people say about you and how bad they accuse you, God will raise you up. I said God will raise you up. Can I give you some more Andersonology? You know, Miss Teresa, I wonder how Miss Potiphar's wife, y'all remember her, the eye-batting Jezebel, heifer woman with leggings and a halter top. Do you remember her? The Bible said that God put Joseph in Pharaoh's number two chariot. And man, Joseph is royalty now. I wonder how that eye-batting for Jezebel felt when she saw Joseph riding down Main Street of Egypt in that fine chariot and he's the number two man in the whole land. You might feel beat down tonight. Your temptations may just about have smothered you but you keep pushing forward. Keep pushing forward. And it got to looking worse for Joseph. You got to say it just kept looking worse. It may look worse at times, but there's a day that God's going to exalt you and it'll come in His timing and for His purpose.